again, and thank you for listening to the Les Represent podcast. And if you're wondering, what is this podcast? Well, it is basically a podcast about all things lesbian and lady-loving queer. Our stories, our experiences, the representation around us and what that means to us. And today, I have two super special ladies who run their own podcast of their own. I think I'll let you guys introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Erica, and I co-host the Herald They're Lesbians podcast. And I'm Nikki, and I'm the other co-host of the Herald They're Lesbians podcast, which is a podcast where we talk about queer media, mainly TV. Mostly TV. It's mostly just us fangirling on things. But that's what the fun is. <laughs> <laughs> it is tons of fun. All right, ladies. So what, what made you want to start doing this? That's a good question. Um, I feel like for us, we for a while wanted to sort of, I mean, we've been in fandoms for so long and I think we sort of wanted to contribute in our own way. And so for a long time, maybe a couple of years ago, we tossed around the idea of sort of starting a website, sort of like After Ellen or Straddle, where we just threw up articles of talking about things that we liked and then quickly realized that that would be complicated and a little bit laborsome. So I got really into podcasts like, probably a year ago and I listened to them incessantly and so one day I was at work and it just occurred to me hey we should start a podcast (laughs) I mean we had a phone to record on and we had things that we wanted to say and we're sort of already having these conversations anyways and conversations about fandoms and fangirling about things so I ran it past Nikki and sort of took off from there (laughs) do you want to add yeah (laughs) well It's just funny because we always tell this story differently because she always tells it that we just like fandom and just decided to do it one day and did it. But actually, it was a much longer conversation because I am pretty shy overall, and I really didn't like the idea of putting myself out there in any way. So when she first came home with the idea of a podcast, I was like, no, (laughs) period. Like, no, I don't think so. And then she, like, she's pretty, like, persistent. So she came home again and was like, I really think we should do this. Nevertheless she persisted okay (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah it did take like a while and then I actually thought I was like tricking her I was like okay we'll record one podcast on my phone it's gonna sound really bad so then she's gonna be like oh we shouldn't do this but so we recorded one podcast and it turned out really good and like we had a lot of fun doing it and it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be so it just kind of went from there turns out we sound amazing (laughs) (laughs) turns out we're just natural our first episodes are okay (laughs) no if you go we talk about this all the time like I cannot go back and listen to the first couple of episodes that we did because they're ridiculous and the podcast has the format of the podcast I feel like has grown so much since we started doing this and we've just sort of figured out I think how to do it because like it's not super hard to start a podcast but it is it does take I think a little bit of refining as I'm sure you know (laughs) as you know it takes a little bit of refining to sort of figure out how to do it I don't know like it's it's basic but it still requires some finessing so it took us I mean we're on episode how many episodes have we done 38 or something Something crazy crazy, and it took us probably 30 episodes (laughs) to figure out how to do it well I guess so it's been a journey it's been fun great journey I'm still trying to figure out how not to talk over people so yeah yes I was just about to (laughs) 
I'm just not talking over you. Nikki, we do, I mean, Nikki and I talk over each other all the time. And we recently sat down with Tracy, who I, from Let's Watch TV, TV, who you recently interviewed. And we sat down with her to give, she wanted to do a little interview with us. And we talked over each other so much. And even just now, Nikki was telling her spiel, I was like, biting my tongue trying not to talk over <laughs> but her. it's even harder to do interviews we've only done a couple interviews with Harold they're lesbians and that's really tough so yeah. I commend you for always doing interviews yeah <laughs> impressive respect <laughs> that's so sweet honestly I, I almost feel like it's easier because it's like either I can sit here and try to formulate a way to entertain people or I can have somebody else there and just just be quiet and listen <laughs> so I feel like my job's easier <laughs> Your whole podcast, you're like, I just want to be entertained by people. Come on my show and entertain me. <laughs> let's let's try not to spread rumors, but that's definitely it. Yeah. That's definitely it. Okay. So I'm actually a little bit curious how you decided to start this podcast. It's not to not to put you on the spot on your own show. No, no, no. But that's, I'm just curious. It's perfectly fine. I think I think if you're gonna talk to someone, you should have an adventure together. It should be like a two way street. Um, it's okay. it's basically kind of the same way. I, I started this last year. There were not a lot of episodes because I couldn't figure out what I was doing. And I was constantly destroying my own equipment over and over again. So, but basically <laughs> I, well, I've, I've been married to my wife for almost two years now. We finally bought our own house and I have this very, okay. oh, thank you. Uh, we have this very ridiculously long trek to go to work because we decided to buy a house out in out in the sticks so so because we have horses and land near the city is not cheap at all so i have this long ass trip to go to work every every day almost it's, i literally drive an hour and a half to get to work wow so it's it's long so i started to try to find ways to entertain myself and so i started listening to podcasts and i was you know i would literally just be like oh I want to listen to lesbian podcasts because now you know I don't mm-hmm. have a roommate and I'm by myself a lot you know I can just sit down and actually like join the community that I feel like I've been deprived of for such a long time and like so even though there's some really great podcasts out there that's LGBT related there just wasn't one that I felt that was like getting into the nitty-gritty of of people you know, like I was, mm-hmm. I was thinking about it and I was like, I would love if there was like the LBGT version of people of New York. Like, did you guys ever mm-hmm. see that on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Like they have their own book yeah. out now. They're so huge. And I'm like, I would love that for just LGBT people. Cause growing up, I, I hardly knew any LGBT people. Like, in fact, yeah. sad story. My wife was actually the first lesbian friend I ever had. And I failed at being friends oh. with her. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Like, yes, I had known gay men and I had known bi women. I've dated several bi women, but it was like, for some reason, it was just really hard to talk to actual lesbians. I don't know what happened. And at first I was like, I'm just going to have lesbian only stuff. And I, then I was like, you know what? No, because the part the whole thing about LGBT is that we're all in this together. We all have experiences that are so similar. And then I don't know. I just feel like we need to share more of those experiences, you know, that kind of thing. I lost where I was going, but I'm sure you get the gist. (laughs) I get it. Yeah. And I, it's interesting that you say you didn't really know any lesbian people growing up. I 
grew up in Dallas, like Arlington, Texas. So I, and I went to a private, a small private Christian school and was raised in a very Christian and conservative community. And I had no, I didn't know anybody gay at all until I was probably like 16. And even then when I started like hooking up with a girl for the very first time in my entire life, I was still like, no, there's no way this, is, <laughs> this isn't gay at all. <laughs> no, that's not. That's not a thing that, you know, people, yeah, a Christian gal does. Um, So I I get in. So to not have, you know, lesbian friends is something that I could definitely relate to. So I would have loved this podcast. Yeah. Back in the day. So that's, that's exactly how I feel. It's just like, I would have loved to have seen just to hear people talk and been like, you know what, this is cool. This is okay. These people are just like me being gay is really nothing more different other than how everyone reacts reacts to us and then what we do in the bedroom mm-hmm. that's that's basically it yeah exactly True. basically so how did you two meet because one of you is from texas and the other one is portuguese no well, I'm, <laughs> I'm from here i grew up in new jersey but <laughs> yeah we didn't meet well no that's okay um i we met while we were um, you know, well, in Texas still, and I was up here in Boston, and we met, we, well, we're dating, so we met online, oh. um, not for any, re- not, we just met on Tumblr, basically, because we were in the same fandom. We're Tumblr lesbians. We're Tumblr lesbians, as I mean, we say. Um, we're also Tumblr lesbians. Oh, okay. Fantastic! <laughs> it's, a, it's a very select group of um but yeah so we were just like in like we said we're always we've always been in fandom so we were in kind of crossover fandom I I, I always said Tegan and Sarah like the fandom we were in I don't know how I saw Tumblr I literally don't know I've never messaged anyone on Tumblr before I don't know why sure. that happened I sure. had Nikki <laughs> so I but I just decided to message her because we were like in the same fandom for some reason and then we started talking even though she was in Texas and I was all the way up here and then like mistakes were made and we <laughs> we ended up meeting <laughs> yeah because we were so far away and like we like you know fell for each other stupidly I felt like I was like ugh this is so stupid we're so far away from each other but we met up like in person after a couple of months of talking and then it all kind of went from there we decided to date long distance which we did for like Two and a half years. We had been talking for... I'm just going to take over. We had been talking... <laughs> she messaged me at some point via the internet, and we talked a little bit and then became friends. And like Nikki said, like we're interested in all the same things. And I literally created a Tumblr account because I was talking to Tegan and Sarah. So I think it's fair to say that I was fangirling over Tegan and Sarah, and that's sort of how we... Be- and like also like the lesbian community on Tumblr, like everybody just sort of doesn't know but it's like quite like real life they, they don't know each other but like you know you start to sort of like community. yeah it is a little sub community um so she messaged me at some point and then we had talked for I think it was like five months and then there was Austin City Limits at ACL in Austin Texas the music festival mm-hmm. was happening and Tegan and Sarah were gonna be there and I didn't live that far from Austin at the time and so Nikki decided to buy a ticket and fly around, and then we met there for the first time. And then, yeah, things sort of took off. And then I, here. Well, I, I went to undergrad at Oklahoma University, 
and graduated at the end of 2014. And basically the whole time that I was at OU from 2012 to 2014, um, Nikki and I were dating long distance. And then when, after I graduated, I moved to Boston and now we're here. We've been here for a couple of years now. Yeah. So basically our whole relationship has sort of been about fandoms. Been about fandoms. It, sort, it started because we were fangirls and Obviously, we need to talk about other things to, like, live functional adult lives (laughs) (laughs) day to day. But a big part of our relationship, I think, has been through queer media in some capacity, whether it's music or television. Um, It's, it's, I don't know, we're best friends, obviously, because of that. It just, it may, I feel like it just makes it easier because we have so many common interests we even started like we like we're like we get along so well let's start a podcast together <laughs> and make everyone listen to all the conversations we have oh my God. and uh <laughs> it worked out okay yeah that was brave of us but we did another thing I think back on is like we used to use tv especially queer tv as a way to like connect when we were long distance so we would like watch TV shows at the same time, you know, like on the phone, be like, okay, three, two, one, play, and then just like watch a TV show oh at the gosh. same time to kind of experience it together. So it's definitely always just been like such an integral part of our relationship in a way. It's just something we've both always been interested in and like really care about representation within it. So that's why I think another reason why we knew well, why we want to do a podcast was because we feel so passionate about it. And we know there's so many other people out there who feel passionate about it. But weirdly enough, like our queer, we have a pretty good, like queer friends in Boston, but none of them care about TV. Yeah. Frustrating. Some of them like do, but mostly because we're like, watch this show. And then they like like, begrudgingly watch it. Yeah. But (laughs) it's not the same as sort of like the Twitter community who, where people are just like entrenched in these fans. And I've found, I found like, I found a lot of podcast, a lot of queer podcasts that talk about a lot of really good and important things. And I found a lot of like, you know, Supergirl podcasts and there's Orphan Black podcasts, but there wasn't really a podcast that was, you just know, just sort of dedicated. Specific, yeah, exactly. Dedicated specifically to the queer relationships within these TV shows, because other than the L word, there's not really a TV show that is just gay. So I guess we sort of saw that as an opportunity to bring all of the gay shows together because there are so many people like online who are the same people who are in multiple TV fandoms. I mean, it's just a queer lady television fandom. So it was sort of an opportunity for us to be like, Oh, let's, let's start a podcast version of this Twitter community, which is, I guess, sort of what we did. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to put myself on the line here and say, I did not like the L word. Like, that just seems, yeah. like, you know, seems like the staple thing to do. It's like you come out and you're like, okay, I need to figure out what this lesbian thing is about other than, <laughs> other than oh, my God, ladies. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, dear God. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand. And I was just like, okay, I have lots of female friends. And I don't have any of those problems at all. That's yeah. totally fair. That's I, When I rewatch the L word now, I definitely sympathize with that. I'm like, this is like the worst show ever. And these men are sort of awful to each other most of the time. <laughs> but as it like, as a, I watched the L word, God, I was probably mid early high school and still sort of like trying to figure out sexuality. And I think I like bought them from like a used, I bought the DVDs, like a used video store and hid them in my room from my parents. Oh my and 
that was sort of like an entrance to this world of women who loved having sex with each other and it was like <laughs> like it was half like traumatizing like oh my god what is happening but it was also half like oh women are also career women and you know they're also having families and they have friends and they seem relatively adjusted <laughs> from my you know 15 year old my perspective um so it was also like definitely terrible tv but also like this is like the first time i'm seeing lesbians anywhere that are interacting with each other and not running around in like a blade fire from hell <laughs> and talking about being gay yeah exactly. Like, exactly so i definitely get it I, I get it but i was yeah yeah it's just that was also the only show that i think that you actually saw more than one lesbian in the same room that weren't dating each other because it's yeah. like it's like yeah a lot of shows that have queer characters in it, it's like you'll have one other gay and that person's only there to validate the sexuality of the other gay person. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In the end, they were like lesbians that were friends with each other. What a concept. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like there's more than oh one. <laughs> Crazy. It's as if we can live like multifaceted lives. <laughs> but I'm all that to say, I'm very excited for the L word reboot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear things about it, but I'm also like, please don't tell me it's going to be like Housewives of LA again, because I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I heard someone tell me that the L word was not as bad as people think it is because people in LA were kind of just like that. And I was like, is that an excuse? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make me feel that much better. Did you watch the real L word? I, I did not. I, for some reason, Good. I just, I just couldn't for some reason. I also don't know no, where to you find saved it. yourself. Blessings on your house for that because it is awful. It is it's like, really? but I like you should watch it because <laughs> hate watch it. You should hate watch it because it's like fun to like, you know, just sort of like drink and like watch terrible television. But it is garbage it's television, like, and it's like pornographic at the time. It is, yeah. Oh that's God, an, another. You just watch real people have real sex. They're real. <laughs> they are real. Well, they're well, quote, real-ish, it's quote unquote yeah. real. It's like the real world, but they're actually having sex with each other, and there's a camera in the room <laughs> while they're having sex with each other. Oh, it no. is crazy, and we're subjected to watch this. <laughs> and this is like, and and all that. They're awful people. Almost all of them. Not all of them, but most of them are just like terrible people. <laughs> and like this. The L word is a like L word TV show is a better representation of the quote unquote real L word. That's true. It's garbage television. <laughs> but you should still watch it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Our house is like limited on TV because my my mm. wife is a writer, so she's like I can only absorb certain things at certain times, and the rest of the time I have to write. So I either have yep. to huddle up somewhere else by myself, which I am incapable of not sharing things, which yeah. is a problem. That's like when I started live tweeting, it became an addiction to where I can't watch mm. TV, otherwise I want to live tweet. But yeah. I, like, this is also why we don't go to movie theaters together a lot of the time, because I will start talking there, and I am that person. I am a big enough person to admit that I am that bitch that you tell to shut up at the movie theater, because I just, I want to talk. I want to talk during it. And you have to say. My wife jokes about bringing a muzzle when we go and watch movies or do anything. She's like, you can't, you can't speak. You can't do anything. She's like, you take me out of the movie, I don't enjoy it with you. <laughs> I mean, we, we watched, we were able to watch um, Flosman together, 
which was Lost Australia, mm-hmm. because I I was I had to focus on reading subtitles the whole time, so I couldn't mm-hmm. really speak. Yeah, and it's small intervals. It's like small intervals, so I can like after every seven minutes, I can say shit. <laughs> have you Have you watched Red? I have not watched Red. It is on my very long to do list of things to watch. Yeah. But as it's soon as good. I can another watch, subject one. I heard you guys talking about it on your Clexicon podcast, and I was like, I should, I should watch that. Yeah, your wife might like it because of the subtitle. (laughs) (laughs) It's something you can watch together. (laughs) (laughs) The problem is, if I watch it with her, I can't live tweet, because she will not, she will not Mm -hmm. tolerate me stopping the movie to live tweet something. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Go ahead. Whenever I. Whenever I live tweet things, I just plow through. I'm like, we don't need to pause this. I'm just going to miss the next 30 <laughs> seconds of whatever ha- with whatever's happening so I can get my quirky tweet out on time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my, my live tweeting perspective. I like applaud people who live tweet in real time because it's like you can't take screenshots. You can't. You can't oh, do any of yeah. that. And I like sit yeah. there and I'm like, you know, some people don't even have the time to properly hashtag it to tell me what show they're watching. I just have to sit there and just guess. <laughs> Honestly, it's like a, it's a massive accomplishment if we can watch things in real time. <laughs> we, yeah. we don't hardly, I mean, we watch Supergirl live. Or at least Charlie recently got ca- like real cable. So. Yeah, for, the, for a while we didn't even have cable. We were just like, we're playing some streaming things illegally online or well we had like we just didn't have we had like an internet package that we could use like our friends and families yeah log it which i guess is illegal well we're <laughs> like just, watch things online we're gonna pretend it's a joke we're not even gonna think about the yeah. have, i have a recording of this yeah that's true <laughs> everything that we do is 100 percent legal <laughs> anything that i say is 100 percent a joke <laughs> <laughs> So to the FBI agent that's listening to this podcast. <laughs> wow. TV shows are so great. I'm, I, I've told the story once before of the first time I actually saw a gay person, like actually saw it, recognized what it was, and it wasn't just a joke. Because growing up, you heard the word gay and you thought immediately it was an insult, like calling somebody a girl, which when you think back at it, why is that an insult? <laughs> but um, right. the first time I actually saw a woman kiss another woman was on tv and it, mm-hmm. it just opened up my whole world to me and it's it's really important people think that tv's just tv like it's just fictional i'm like you don't understand the how the human brain works like seeing is believing unfortunately so when you see something enough it makes an impression on you that's why good representation is so important and i can just think back to when i was like this tiny messed up preteen who was like, I'm just going to sit in this room so I don't have to watch football with my family and watch the soap <laughs> opera with my cousin and two girls kissed and it like blew my freaking mind. Like yeah. I was like, you can do that. And do you remember who the couple or the TV show was? It was a show on Noggin. It was like, I don't think it was Degrassi. It was probably, a, it uh, might be Degrassi. I have no idea. It was like some kind of teenage soap opera. And it was mm-hmm. two girls that were doing a Romeo and Juliet uh, play, and one girl was Romeo, and she had a real big mm-hmm. crush on Juliet. I think I tried to, <laughs> I think I tried to figure out with uh, Tracy and Mika from Let's Watch TV what show it was, and they were just like, <laughs> yeah, they were like, we have too much knowledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't remember what the show was. The storyline was really silly. 
I really kind of, I kind of, I don't even remember. Because at what point she tried to kiss Juliet and Juliet like freaked out and went outside and just left the room. And then there was another girl in there, and then they, like, said a couple of witty lines to each other. I don't even remember what the words were. And then they started kissing, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> I'm okay with this. And it was like, that was the end. That was the end of the episode. And I was like, okay. That's amazing. I don't remember the f- – it's funny you mentioned Degrassi because that was a big one for me as a, like, a kid in middle school. I was like – and I don't remember – I mean, there was – in Degrassi, there was Paige, I think it was Paige, and the elves, and they were queer, and they were lesbians at some point together, but what I remember the most about Degrassi is that there was a storyline about a gay football player, male, and that that storyline just for some reason stuck with me, even though it wasn't, like, two women, just the fact that there was, like, this hype, like, typically hyper-masculine football player who actually likes boys. And I remember feeling so connected to that and also, like, need to know what happens next in the storyline. It just, like, blew my mind. And and you're exactly right. I mean, it's crazy now for me to think back, like, that I didn't – all I knew about gayness, exactly like you, is it was a bad thing. That's all I knew. I knew that if you were it, bad things would happen to you. Um, or you were a bad person or whatever. So to see the queer characters on television was such a, a game changer. It really was for me. Like, I I, I mean, I didn't – it's crazy. I, I took a class in college, and this is like – I'm now, like, sort of – this is a tangent. But I took a class in college about women in leadership positions. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how the only way to bring women leaders up – so, like – CEOs and people, government positions, whatever, is to have, is to show it currently existing women leaders to younger generations of women. Otherwise, they'll never amount, be able to amount to that because you can't be what you don't know, essentially. That's a lot harder. Yeah, exactly. So I, when seeing queer characters on television, I mean, that changed the whole trajectory of my life, I feel like. It really did. Because then I was like, oh, you can be gay and also well-adjusted. Well, because you literally, where you grew up in, like, the environment you grew up in, you never would have seen that. I mean, I was really lucky. I grew up, like, I had family members who were queer and out. And so I had was lucky that from a young age I, like, knew of that existence. But I can't imagine in your environment ever because they would no one would have wanted you to see that Mm -hmm. you know so it would have been um not possible for you to see it in real life so that's why what makes something like tv or even any media like books or anything just so important for like lgbtq youth and and that like is why i love the cw so much and while so many people want to hate on the cw in a lot of different ways they do make mistakes but at the same time i feel like they're kind of on the forefront of bringing queer content to youth because their audience technically is like mm-hmm. a younger skewing audience and I think that's just so important for teens and like preteens to be able to see different types of representation um and because there's a depending on where they are and where they're growing up they might not be seeing that at all in their real life so I know you grew up in New Jersey and you didn't grow up in like a particularly religious household but was that would you say that seeing queer characters on television and in media was equally important for you? Like, did that shape your coming out process at all? It definitely, it's funny because like I said, I grew up with queer family members. So I never thought about like the existence and um, my family was by the time, 
the queer family members were older than me, so I think it was hard when they came out. But by the time I was like old enough, it was pretty accepted, and my family was overall very accepting of it, and it wasn't really a thing. So that was never a part of it, but I never thought I was queer. I was just like, oh, yeah, queer people, cool, but I'm not queer. Like, I just never thought that was me. And then TV is really the way I think that I figured out that I was queer because, and media, like, like TV and Sarah and um, books and stuff. But I, I think part of the reason it wasn't, I didn't think of it earlier was because I didn't see it that much. Like, I did, yeah, like, I had a cousin that was queer, but I was like, oh, whatever. Like, she wasn't, like, actively, like, in your life. All yeah, like, I wouldn't, like, wasn't always around them so um but I never saw it on tv so every time and I, it's funny whenever I remember as a kid like questioning it mm-hmm. it's always because of something on tv like I saw something and I think I like felt it and then all of a sudden I was like wait do you remember what it was well like just like little things like on friends I remember yeah. which is like not a good reputation at all when yeah. Ross's like ex-wife is right gay, is gay oh, and like I remember that and like little things like on CW shows is always what I remember because mm-hmm. I really I remember like W WB or UPN at the time like whenever there was queer people in there I always remember like really thinking about those storylines mm-hmm. and like not letting them go but mm-hmm. still just wasn't sure and then when I was older I actually like started questioning it and literally watched the L word because <laughs> I was like this will tell me oh, I wonder God. if like <laughs> I'm just thinking I wonder if because we all really connected to queer storylines and it makes sense that we did because we're queer. But I wonder if like straight people have ever like really connected to queer storylines. Well, I know in like recent interviews with um, Rachel Weiss for Dis- the movie Disobedience coming out, she's been talking about how like she gets tired of straight storylines and she's straight. Interesting. I did. I like, I made a post about that that I felt was might've been a little too bitter. But just because I, I have known to be petty sometimes, but just the, the fact that can you imagine being a straight white woman who is so sick of having men be the forefront of every movie that you're literally going to go to the other side of the spectrum and make a lesbian movie just so you can get men to be pushed out of the yeah. freaking story. Like, yeah, like, I applaud her. I'm just like, thank you for even doing this. Cause I, trust me, since the mummy came out, I have had a crush on her and it's just it's so beautiful to grow up and see all these women that I've like mooned over when I was younger coming out and playing queer characters. I have never felt, never felt more powerful in my life. (laughs) It's so funny because that is literally, I think a sentence Erica has said in the last week. I'm serious. (laughs) Especially the mummy reference because I fell in, I fell in, you know what, actually I'm retract everything I've already said. I, my, my gay awakening happened when I was like nine years old and saw Rachel Weisz in The Mummy. <laughs> and I, I mean, I read this book and I was like, meh, but we were talking today because I, the ending of the book in Disobedience isn't great, but I was talking to you today, like, isn't it so incredible that Rachel Weisz was like, read Disobedience probably, and it was like, this gayer. <laughs> like, that's incredible. Yeah. I love it. But yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Like, sh- she's a straight like that's allyship that's true right yeah Yeah, I would I would definitely I would definitely think so I would I don't want to put words in her mouth so I'm going to retract what I was about to say but I don't think she went into it intentionally for the LGBT community I think she thought Mm -hmm. yeah I want to make this great story about women and I'm going to do it in a way where not even a man can try to muscle their way into it too hard and I'm really hoping she succeeded at that (laughs) 
but I'm also yeah. low-key bitter. So <laughs> I'm just understand. I'm just worried that it's not gonna be good. And I'm just yeah. waiting for someone to come up on Twitter and say, How dare you try to say that? I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. to say. I have I'm I was also really worried about that, especially did you read the book? No. I, I try not to read a book when a movie's about to come out because I've done that before and I was horribly horribly disappointed it's happened <laughs> every time if I've read the book of something I don't want to watch the movie because it's like it might as well be a whole new story and yeah I, just, I totally I just agree don't do it but just I think and the, go ahead I well I was just gonna say if, if you ever read um what was the one that just came out Annihilation yeah so if you read Annihilation the book it was a great book but the book and the movie are two I, I have to approach it as if they're two different stories. Yeah. Otherwise, it makes you mad. The ending to Disobedience, I mean, I didn't love Disobedience. And, and I would say, but what from what I've heard, so there are a couple of, like, trusted sources that I have on Twitter, like, people who are, okay, their input or their opinion is close to mine. Most of the time, like, I trust what they have to say, considering mm-hmm. queer things on television or in film. And they have said, and they've watched seen disobedience already and said that it is much gayer and better than the book Hell so this might yeah <laughs> this might be a very rare instance where the movie is better than the book and i can Hope tell so. people are really hyped about it because i haven't seen not one mean girl reference to this movie yet and i was waiting <laughs> for it i'm waiting for it because i'm like she's right there She's right there. There's there's literally a gif of someone screaming, I have a big fat lesbian crush on you. And I'm just like, no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, you know, people, people are really psyched about this. And they're prob- and I'm maybe I should be happy that they're not making fun of something for once. Yeah. Right. Well, and I, was, I hadn't seen anything negative. And I try not to be negative uh, on Twitter. I try really hard not to be negative yeah. on Twitter. It doesn't always work out very well. It's a, it's a but struggle. I hadn't seen... <laughs> I hadn't seen one negative thing about disobedience about the book or the movie so I read the book really like super jazzed up like this is going to be the gayest experience of my life oh my god and then I (laughs) read the book and it was not at all and I was like massively disappointed even though as a lesbian woman I should know better right I should never get my hopes up with these things um so so I put a tweet out and I was just basically like, I'm still really excited about disobedience, but didn't love the book. And there were like, I, I was kind of nervous because I was like, I think a bunch of people are going to come on here and disagree with me because I, I feel like everybody loved this. But there were a bunch of people who were like, yeah, the book sucks, but I'm excited about the movie. So I felt validated in that. I, I hope she, I hope she made it better because some people's um, artistic decisions, I, I'm like, oh yeah, great. I'm, I'm so glad you decided that this was trash and decided to change it. Like, right. I don't know if you right. guys ever read the book to who framed roger rabbit did you guys see that movie i saw the movie a million times i've never read the book because i'm just gonna i'm just gonna put in a little precursor here jessica rabbit damn and then we're, i'm not i'm done talking to her. <laughs> i'm done talking about her now because she might have right. been one of the one of the people that i was like you know no and then i just like yeah. tucked it away for like 20 years um sexual <laughs> awakening for eight-year-olds <laughs> i think you know, if I if I thought back hard enough, I think my sexual awakening might have been on Bram Stoker's Dracula. I think I just <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, because there's that that rain scene with Mina and Lucy, and I 
yeah. think something might have happened there. I don't like I've read so much fan fiction, it's really hard for me to tell what's <laughs> happened and what's just been wishful thinking on my part, but I think something happened there. Something absolutely happened there and also just vampires in general are extremely queer. So I, just, I think it's totally fair to read that as gay. Because it was. I just <laughs> really wish there was more good lesbian vampires. <laughs> so I have a question, a serious question. Um, I'm from Texas. I've already said that. And mm-hmm. Nikki and I have been talking a lot recently about moving out of Boston and Texas like it's close my whole family lives in Texas so yes it's always nice to be close for me yeah it's like really tempting to be like oh like we can move to Austin and like that's this like little liberal bubble or whatever and still be semi-close to my parents but the idea of living in a state that's extremely red and like historically pretty homophobic is especially like as a lesbian couple is like pretty intimidating for both of us and I'm just kind of curious like what your experience has been with that I I can tell you well this is going to turn into a long story (laughs) I can tell you let me I guess for Nikki's sake let me tell you the story of how my wife feels about it because she came from England like I've lived in Texas most of my life so I'm very used to how Texas is uh, my wife, she came from England. When we actually met, she was in Canada at the time. And then she was in England, and then she came. Ah, here we are. Um, I, I like to call her the British invasion because that's what she's done with my life. She's just came and conquered. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But um, basically, in, in England, they just have a whole other approach and a whole other culture to LBGT. Like, she just... Apparently religion is very private over there like yeah a lot of religion comes from england but it's just very private there like no one tries to force you to be something else according to her like where she lived no one tried to like she went to catholic school she went in catholic school her whole life but only because it was a better school than public school so even though she was there and she like knows all about it her father's family's irish you know they're all very catholicist and she just she was never really forced into it though and then she's come here to America, especially to Texas, where it's like there's a church on every corner. We literally mm-hmm. live next door to a pastor who owns the church right next to him. So we're mm-hmm. like, we literally run next to a church. But they're really nice people. They've never said anything to us. They don't. They don't seem to care. But it's just, it's a whole nother. It's a whole nother world. Like she, before she came here, she'd never even seen religious billboards that are like, "Sex is a sin." Jesus Jesus is the way and then recently actually recently I've seen atheists put up billboards and it's just the best thing in the world (laughs) just 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 like the fire back of don't go to church it's fake news (laughs) I like I just love driving down the highway because like every three months it changes and it's like who popped that billboard this time and it's just like they're fighting at each other anyway I keep going on tangents I'm sorry um, but she basically she came here and at first we were like really lovey-dovey and it was like it was wonderful we were together because we also had a long distance relationship and then after her being here for a while it, it started to change because she started to notice the look she was getting she started to notice how people just generally like like no one's ever came up to us and said crap like no one's ever had the balls to come up to us and say that but they always this 
this silent disapproval that's mm-hmm. in the air in some places. And it's just mm-hmm. slowly over time, you know, we don't we don't hold hands in public anymore. It's like a it's a sad it's a sad state of life that sometimes you just don't want the hassle, like you don't want the vibe, you don't want to co- to get people's attention. So you just kind right, of yeah. you're just not as well, it might also be because we've been married for a while. Like your parents are, yeah, yeah. your parents aren't climbing into each other's laps anymore, thank God. <laughs> right. so maybe maybe it's also because, you know, we've been married for a while and we don't feel like we have to be literally attached at each other's mouths. Um <laughs> but, but you know, you just I don't know, it's just there's a way that, you know, I don't know, it's just like she kind of she notices it and she doesn't want to yeah. make it she doesn't want to make it a big thing. Like, yeah. luckily, she works with some friends of ours that, you know, she she's known them through horses, and they know everything about her, and they know she's married to a wife, and it's no problem. Me, on the other hand, I go to work, and there's, like, my boss knows I'm gay, and the other person I work with know I'm gay. Nobody else, from what I found out recently, knew that I was gay. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was mostly because of a language barrier, because a lot of them, their first language is Spanish, and I'm just right. recently learning Spanish, so I recently told someone that, oh, we need to be very careful on this project because this is a project for my wife. And I literally said, esposa, which is mm-hmm. sp- which is Spanish for spouse. And they kept trying mm-hmm. to correct me with esposo. And I was like, no, yeah. esposa. Yeah. And they just, they just yeah. looked at me for a minute. And then they were just like, you could see it click in their brain. And they're just like, oh, mm-hmm. you're gay. And I was like, I didn't know you guys didn't know. Yeah. 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 So I, don't, I don't talk about it. So, yeah. I don't know. I guess I guess what it is that we don't flaunt it out there, and we don't have problems because we don't flaunt it out there. So I guess it really depends yeah. on how you two are as a couple. I mean, I sure. I know lots of people who like to walk around holding hands, and I think Austin is a really great place for that because Austin is very keep it weird. It's very open. It's very liberal. But I guess when you're traveling around places, the the idea is I don't know. It really depends on how you two are as a couple. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I will say that I love the fact that you have horses. Oh my god! Except go you're not helping my cause because everywhere I go, people ex- just expect me to own horses because I'm from Texas. <laughs> so you're not helping the stereotype there. You know, I, you know what gets me? I didn't know Jack Deadly squat about horses until I met my wife and I bought her a horse here, which was. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say it was a mistake because it's not. I just didn't know what I was getting into. I was like, I'm going to try to skip for her because she loves horses and I love her. And then it turned into the whole, I'm going to conquer the American circuit because their standards are crap. <laughs> and I was like, you go, girl. You go. We do horse shows. We do horse shows, by the way. That's where that came from. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I grew up where I grew I mean, I, I grew up and people around me had horses and I had friends who were in horse shows. So. That's wonderful, and I miss. That's one of the things living up here that I miss is just like walking outside and seeing my neighbors' horses. So Aww. nostalgia. Oh <laughs> well, they're. I'm glad you got to enjoy them from the other side of the fence. <laughs> yeah, Texas. So Texas isn't all bad. I mean, it, they're no, not, it's not. You know, and and people there are nice. It's clearly it's a very red state, but they have horses and people that <laughs> will that will be nice to the you. Horses won't judge us, right? <laughs> Let's just say this, Nikki. Um, when it, the gun laws were passed that says that you can have a gun freaking anywhere, I saw only ever one person actually dare to have their gun out in public. 
And even then, okay. a person on the bus told him that he can't get on the bus with that. And then he, I just, that was it. I like literally, people are like, oh, Texas are all gunslinging country folk who spit in spittoons all freaking day, whatever. And it's just <laughs> a lot of it's not like that. Like it depends on where you live, obviously. Like you drive 30 minutes in any direction, you're in a different town where they have a different accent. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are pretty chill. Like, You'll occasionally get the girl, woman who walks up to you and says she wants to pray for you. But it's <laughs> like, best. you might as well just sit there silently, let it happen, and let them walk away. <laughs> yeah. Because people here are under the impression, like, they're not, they're not, I don't know, I can't say that for sure. There are some people who are under the impression that they're on a crusade. That they have to prove themselves yep. every damn minute of the day. And you know what? Fine. Let them. And then there are people like my family who are under the impression that, that if they don't tell you at least once that you're doing something bad, that they will be judged for it, that they will be held accountable for not telling you, and then they'll go up on their merry way. Like, they might not even think it's wrong. They might not even care. They're just like, oh, yeah. well, I don't want to stand at the pearly gates and have someone said, you should have told that girl she wasn't acting yeah. yeah, or else they'll yeah. end up going to hell. So it's like some yeah. people, it's not even personal. <laughs> It's, yep. like, it's like a weighted obligation. Yep. Mm. What is this podcast hey. about? I don't even know. <laughs> Gay thing. I, Gay I, thing. I apologize, Erica, if I'm not helping your, your convincing me. Let me tell no, you. No, you are. It's actually it's therapeutic for me to hear. I mean, it's just everything that you've said is exactly my experience is it I mean even down to what you've said about your family and how they are so is there like being in Boston it's it's nice because it's like a lot of people are people just aren't like that that's not the culture up here but um I still have that in me and I and my family is that way so and I'm not surrounded by people who necessarily understand that exactly so to hear you talk about it is like it's just therapeutic it's like ah yes Somebody gets it. Somebody, somebody, somebody's had my experience, so it's, it's nice to hear. I mean, if you if you like me, I I am under the impression there's no better place to be than Texas. So <laughs> please tell me if I'm tell me if I'm wrong, Erica. Tell me if the meat's good up there. Um, it's not. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Well, if next time you're down here, grab some barbecue. Say, see, this is what we're missing. Yeah, that's that's the number one thing, that and Mexican food. Oh, my God. I know, right? Oh, I want to share with you guys something that she hates every time I tell this story. But so in England, of course, they get imported all sorts of food, but there are absolutely no Spanish-speaking people in England. So she came over here, and she wanted to get, like, tacos and fajitas, but she kept calling them fajitas and, and, <laughs> and taco. Uh, what was it? what was the the other thing that she called him that was so freaking funny (laughs) but they just didn't know how to say spanish words and it was the funniest thing in the world like for all my life it's been jalapenos and they were like jalapenos and i'm like no not like cars it's like we're gonna have we're gonna have uh tacos like tacos and i'm like no no it's tacos like she said like i was trying when she first said pico de gallo she kept saying uh Pico Mayo, and I was like, no, sorry. <laughs> Pico of May. Exactly. She's like, I'm like, no. And she's like, I don't need to learn Spanish. And I'm like, you do now. You do if you're in Texas. If you want to ever eat Mexican food, you need to learn a little bit of Spanish. Just a little bit. Just enough to learn where 
the difference between the word sandwich and soup, which is actually a huge. <laughs> it's a huge difference, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Oh, so, so I'm coming down now because I'm just like I want to <laughs> tell you about my whole life, and I'm like we gotta concentrate. <laughs> In fact, this this, we... this is gonna be a fun thing to edit because I'm gonna be like, what structure do we have? None. We got we don't have anything. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. That's our fault. We're bad at this. We're really bad at this. We just go off on tangents <laughs> always. Always, always, always. Okay, so what do you? What is your favorite show going on right now? I'm feeling like it's Black Lightning, but that might only be because it's the most current. That's a that's a great guess, and I, I'll let Nikki speak for herself. I love Black Lightning, but I am a little bit thirsty for a stronger queer storyline in that show. So I would say Black Lightning is like top five just for representation's sake because to have like a black lesbian superhero is a big deal. But I would say currently my, so we're doing like a massive person of interest binge. Are you going to say person of interest? I'm not going to say person of interest. We haven't even gotten to one game about in person of interest. Uh, well, we did, we met Root, who is one of the gay characters, one of the big gay characters in the big gay ship. Um, so I... <laughs> person of interest will be my favorite show once we get to the actual wow. gay storyline but i don't know supergirl supergirl doesn't have that strong of a queer story jane the virgin way. jane the virgin is yeah. my favorite right now jane the virgin is great that's was probably i was gonna say all i love petra so much I'm, i don't mean to talk over you but to be fair you started talking over me first <laughs> I, I love petra <laughs> so much she's so beautiful and I it's kind of one of those characters when you first see them you're like you're so enamored by who they are as a character they don't even really care that much that they're not gay and then they become gay <laughs> it's like this I, I couldn't have dreamed of a better scenario and with Rosario Dawson of oh all people God. and plus Jane the Virgin just like from start to finish every story of that dumb show is so <laughs> good it is so good and i mean dumb in an endearing way i love jane the virgin so i think jane the virgin is my favorite show right now yeah that like pretty much would have i was considering jane the virgin i always like it depends on the show season because i really love so many summer shows i was a big orphan black fan so this is like my first summer without orphan black so that feels weird but i do yeah. really love the bold type and that's about to come back so i would guess now jane the virgin because it's like just it kind of well it just the season probably just aired but it was on now but i also i'll cite Jane, uh, the bull type why why the bull type uh i like that their their reputation and i like that it's like a a lighter show overall lighter in that storylines are lighter because they like dealt with like immigration it just like feels like colorful and it's the summer and like i don't know they're funny they're you, young living their life the bull type <laughs> is your favorite show because it's in season during the summer <laughs> no that's not, that's not a reason to like a show okay well if you want a more intense answer apparently <laughs> i, I really do love the representation i'm a really big fan of adina she's my favorite character on the show and um i just really care about representation for all people because of it. we've been so deprived of it and I recognize it for other people as well and that's why Black Lightning was a really big deal well, for so many people but that's why I really wanted to cover it on the podcast we both did um, because it's important to me that we're highlighting even if there might not be tons of queer storylines but like that we're still highlighting these different queer experiences because we're just starting to get more queer representation now and it's not always diverse so I really like when shows are working to 
have, um, you know, a more broad representation of different experiences on the show. So when Adina, when the bull type came out and they had Adina, who's a Muslim lesbian, I just thought that was so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like, it's just one of those things when you get the representation, you're like, why didn't we have this before? They think about how many people this is probably touching. And so I really like, I really like Kat. I really like the couple. And I think Kat is a, that's a bisexual yeah, storyline. Oh, I didn't remember. I thought she. I thought I, didn't she say like she was bi? Oh, no, she's show? never said anything in the show. But recently, Aisha Tyler, who plays her in an interview, said that she doesn't want to define cat mm. yet, but it might happen this season or something. I'm but just, also, why not? Oh, <laughs> I I just want to say that I almost don't care if the characters by are lesbian just because I'm in such bliss of seeing two women being together that yeah. I don't even care. Like, who needs labels for this? It's just nice. That's true. But I relate to that. I, I also think that, you know, people's labels are important to them, but at the same time, I'm just like, you know, I don't, I don't really care. This is just nice. Yeah. It's just like, if you're a woman and you have woman lips and you're seeing another woman who has woman lips, <laughs> here for it. I'm here. Hello. <laughs> Yes. What about you? What are you? What are some of your favorite shows right now? You guys were gonna start talking about Why on Earth, and I, I'm sorry. I know that show also deserves attention, so I'll, I'll answer that question after you're done talking about that show, even though I haven't okay. finished watching it. Oh, where are you at? I don't want to give any spoilers. Oh, do it. I haven't even gotten to the part where Way Hot happens. I'm still like, I'm oh, literally God. episode five because I, 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 don't, I don't have a lot of time to watch TV, so I just kind of like yeah. b- curiously live through people. That's fair. I, I think when. Once you get to the Way Hot storyline, you're probably going to binge it in, like, two days. Because that's when if this... If you have the time, yeah. If you have the time. Because that's when the story, like, really takes off. Um, but we love Winona Earp. And we love Emily Andrus, who is the creator of the show. Um, I just feel like she's done... Just talk about allies, man. Yeah. Also about Way Hot. We just, obviously, on our podcast, talk about gay people all the time and all this different type of representation. And I always find myself liking different shows or different characters because of like a certain type of representation not that I like certain types over others but it's like sometimes like we we talk about being the coming out storyline and sometimes I'm like I don't want another coming out storyline like even though we love we're I love Alex Danvers on Supergirl it's one of our favorite characters and we thought her coming out storyline was perfect but and, and I loved that. But then sometimes I'm like, I don't want that. Like, I just want like a lesbian who's just like identifies as a lesbian and is just like out. And that's something that Nicole Hawk gives me that I really love is that like it's never been about her being gay like, or her coming out. She just like was from the start and liked Waverly from the start. So um, even with Waverly, like it, it wasn't really a huge thing when she started dating Nicole. So that's something I love about Winona Earp. Not to take anything away from other types of storylines. But like I said, I get like, my fill from different shows and that's something I get from my owner. Yeah, like sometimes sometimes I I no, I'm not gonna lie here. I don't the whole coming out thing almost I don't wanna relate to it because my coming out was not very easy for me. But at yeah. the same time it's like sometimes I just want it to get to it. I don't wanna spend three episodes of this girl having an existential crisis because she's like, Oh no, yeah. I like girls. Sometimes I just want them to get together. Sometimes I just wanna be like, mm-hmm. Oh, you're hot, you know, you know, I might want to try this and then just go for it yeah. and not be like digging deep, 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 deep down into your unboxing all of this yeah. stuff where it's like, you know, sometimes there's nothing that happens in your life that makes you gay. Sometimes you're just gay. So I it, And I like that. It's a really good point because I think 
there's something very like empowering to about watching somebody who isn't worried about what it means for their in, eternal damnation or whatever that they're just going to be gay and that's just how it is and i think we spend or a lot of queer people i think have spent a lot of time dealing with their own internalized homophobia or whatever it is that at some point we just need to break from it and we just need to be somebody who owns it with everything that they have that's exactly. sometimes it's just it's just easier it's nicer <laughs> exactly i sometimes i think that's the stage that we need to go at because it's 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 almost like revolutions only move after you give them like an idea of what life could be almost mm -hmm. like i like I don't know. I, I don't know enough about history to say that there is a link between that. But I think if we show enough of women being on TV and just, you know, owning their sexuality and just being able to be like, yeah, I want to do this and just taking leads in their life that it will just start happening more. It normalizes it, too. Yeah. I think it helps straight people. Like, I think if straight people see a character on television who's gay and doesn't care, they're going to care less. And I see that in my own life. A lot of the time, like, if I come out to somebody, I don't make a big deal, then they don't care. If I'm going to come out to somebody and I'm, like, apologetic or freaking out or whatever, all of a sudden it's, like, this huge thing. Um, but it doesn't have to be. So I think to see empowered queer characters helps gay people, obviously, but I think it also helps straight people. Straight culture. It normalizes it. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. I, had, I remember when I came home from uh, a break at college once and my stepmother had always watched the same kind of tv shows always like she would watch Grey's Anatomy and then she would watch Desperate Housewives and then she would watch like one other one or whatever it was and I came <laughs> home one time and I, I had come out to myself but not anyone else um so I was at home and I was like sitting down with her after dinner watching her programs and then all of a sudden Grey's Anatomy has a gay couple and I was like flipping my shit. I was like, oh my god, there is a lesbian couple on a regular daytime TV show that I know all of my family watches. Because they're all nurses. Every single freaking one of them. It's it's really, that's a really strange thing you'll meet about people, is that they'll all the men of the family go off to the war, and all the women go into the medical field for some reason. And then I went to Dallas, to, and then I went right off to Dallas to be an artist, and I was like, oh, okay. Not to not to come up a stereotype, but I did that one hardcore. <laughs> anyway, and so there was a gay couple on Grey's Anatomy, and then the, her next show came on, and then there was surprisingly a gay couple on um, Desperate Housewives. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. and it was like literally back to back, and I was like flipping out, and my stepmom literally looked at me and said, "What's your problem?" Like, she's like, she's like, why are you freaking out? It's fine. Like, her saying the words, it's fine, gave me hope that it would be okay one day, whenever I decided yeah. to come out to them. And it yeah. took them some time, but I'm, I'm, I swear up and down, it is probably because they were gay people on this show that she watched religiously, that she did yeah. not have much of a problem with it, as she might have if it, they had not come on TV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I always think that, like, with... My mom specifically loves Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> like, she really loves her, and um, she watches her show every day. And even though, like I said, we grew up with, I grew up with um, some members of my family who were queer, uh, I still don't know if it would have been, because it's kind of like the thing that it's like, oh, it's fine for your kid, but not my kid. Like, 
I don't know if it ever that if that would have played more of a role, but the fact that like my mom just like loved Ellen from like the second she had a date show and and just like knows her knows like her knows in quotes, you know, feels like she knows her and like knows her wife and all of the stuff that I think that I really think that played a really big hand in um when I came out and how accepted she was overall because she already was like seeing this couple that was like just normal and um my mom even like sent pictures of their wedding to me once to be like look how pretty and like I just think it does yeah I really think it does play a big role in straight people too in straight people's lives too it's a great point Erica basically queer people on television are good for everyone (laughs) it's good for the world it's good for humanity I'm waiting. I'm. You, have you seen stuff from that new show, Killing Eve? I'm waiting for the big fight where people are going to fight about, oh, this is great. We're going to get representation of this woman, girl loving another person, but she's now a psychopath, as if we're going to go back to those days. And, yeah. there's gonna and then there's going to be the people arguing that Hannah Lecter came out, and I don't remember seeing anyone throwing crap about that show. <laughs> yeah. and I'm, just, I'm waiting for that fight. I'm just going to be sitting on the sidelines. I'm just going to wait for that fight because I know it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I'm going to take that out. I don't know why I felt like I wanted to share that. I think it's because I keep seeing people talk about Killing Eve. I'm like, it's only two episodes in. I can't start no, watching. funny. I can't start watching because it's only two episodes in. I just, no. I'm not, apparently the internet has made me so impatient. I can't wait for shows to come out anymore i'm just like you have to be all the way out or else i can't i can't watch you i totally get that so my question is when are you two gonna start watching lost australias i'm saying it wrong i do it every time i don't know why (laughs) that's a great question it's on the dock (laughs) um i can't remember is there an easy is it on vimeo like is there an easy way to watch it yes Yes, there is. Um, Flasman subs. I know it's like Daily Motions or something. Flasman subs. Okay. It's a Twitter. It's it's actually a Twitter place. What do they call those? Twitter page. That's what they call those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is actually a Twitter page where there's a link to it, and they've like subtitled the entire Flasman storyline, and even isolated it from the rest of the show, so you don't have to bother with it. Hey. So watch. You're telling us to watch just their scenes. I mean, you show. can. You can watch Both. the whole show if you want to. I mean, I think the whole show is subtitled, but it's like you. Surprisingly enough, their their storyline is so upfront that it doesn't really take away much to not watch the rest of the show. Okay. Like well, that. now that we're finally, um, we have a little break. We we're covering like show multiple shows for so long that. We didn't have time. For, oh, and we watched Lost Girl in, like, no time for some reason. <laughs> yeah. But we are, we do definitely feel ourselves having a break. So I don't know what could happen soon. Yeah, I, I, re- I know that one because I, I see that stuff. I see Flosman on Twitter all the time. It's, and, again, it's a, it's a show that's not English. Yes. So it, it, and it's important for us to, like, highlight just like that, like, red. So it's definitely up there. Yes. I mean, I could say that that show literally sparked the fire for me to actually learn proper Spanish just because there, mm-hmm. there, there are some things like if you wanted, if you wanted to not to boast my own show, but I had an interview with someone who was actually from Argentina and she talked about how important that show was to her and all of the different, mm-hmm. all of the different 
things in language that just doesn't translate through subtitles mm-hmm. like people in spanish they have multiple ways to say i love you and they and it's different degrees of i love you right so the subtitles will say i love you and you're like oh okay why are they freaking out they've already said that four three times and it's because they've said it differently like they mean it differently mm-hmm. and I, you just mm-hmm. don't you just don't catch that if you're just yeah. reading the subtitles of someone who knows nothing about spanish that's so cool though and i'm so glad that you were able to interview somebody who was like speak Spanish and was like directly impacted it was, by that show. It was amazing because I was live tweeting about it because I was freaking out because it was so good and I literally asked a bunch of questions because like they use American dollars in this show for some reason and I was like mm. why are they doing that <laughs> and people from Argentina would come up to me and say oh yeah you know we, we use both currencies here and I was like mm. oh. Like that must be complicated at some point. How do your price tag, how do your price tags work? It's either it's either five pesos or one dollar. Like, I don't know, but um, they a lot of them were so were so happy to come and just be like you know let us tell you about our culture because I didn't realize this but there's so much of American television there's a huge 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 impact of American television all over around the world which we don't right. really feel because we're in America. But like other, like apparently this woman, how she learned English, like she went to school and learned English, but how she really, really, really learned English was from watching Friends and The Nanny. (laughs) And she was like, are all Americans like this? And I was like, no, no, don't think that. Yes. (laughs) Don't think we're from The Nanny. Just like, it's crazy. Is is Los Estrellas, is that, what country is that supposed to take place in? Argentina. It's Los... Um, okay. Let me see if I can say it correctly for once. Uh, Los Estrellas. Like Estrellas. I, 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 don't quote me. Just, <laughs> just don't. It's, it's really an amazing show. And, like, I actually dug into it. And Argentina's been doing a really amazing, amazing job of being LGBT-friendly. Like, there's a lot of countries down there that's not so friendly. But they've done a really great job for their people. They're more progressive than we are right now. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Do you have a sense for how the show did within Argentina? We d- I did talk to her about that and it did very, very, very well. Like she, That's apparently, awesome. okay, so there's this snippet she was telling me about how, cause she runs an actual radio show for LGBT people in Argentina. And she, she talked about how she was reading the newspaper because she wants to talk about regular news so other people would listen and then talk about LGBT things. So basically, while right. they're listening for regular news things, she'll segue into that and it'll just, it just brings the culture together. Um, That's so cool. I know, she is so cool. And What about her? I know, and I'm like, I should talk to her more. And I'm just like, right. but I can't speak Spanish very well and I don't want her trying so hard to talk to me. Right, right. Anyway, so she was reading the newspaper and she was flipping over through it and there was, she said she like stopped in the middle of reading this newspaper because there was a big full page ad of this new telenovela, which was Lost Australia's, who, that she had started watching then stopped watching, but it was like this huge ad because it was so popular and like literally 75% of this ad was just the main characters, Flosman, that were about to kiss huge ad of these two girls who were standing mm. next to each other it was not it was not subtle it was not artistically done it wasn't like brokeback mountain where you had no idea that those boys were gonna fuck at one point excuse me <laughs> it was it was like, <laughs> it was 
standing <laughs> next to each other. And it was like just there that they were going to kiss. And all of the other characters were at the bottom with their love, love interests. Because there's, there's actually, uh, you know what? Maybe you should watch the whole show. Because the whole show is, is about, <laughs> the whole yeah. show is about <laughs> five sisters who come together to run their father's hotel after he quote unquote dies. Um, and it is a show with five women. They mm. are the main characters. The whole show is about them. And it shows that. Like, yeah, their their That's love awesome. interests are like literally supposed to be the hot people of Argentina. And all of a sudden, these two girls have a relationship together and they're the main spotlight. Like they are what the TV show is pushing because people want to see them. People wanted to see their their storyline. Like I talk to people all the time and they're like, yeah, the other sister storylines were kind of boring. And then the lesbian storyline was the the big thing. It was the thing that everyone was watching. It didn't matter if you were gay, straight, or whatever. People were watching for them to see if they were going to get together and what their struggle was because it was so interesting compared to gay storylines. It was basically just like what Rachel Weiss was talking about. Like, she was kind of bored with straight storylines. In Argentina, like, apparently romance is huge for them. And, you know, if you watch TV shows all the time, you get bored because all the straight storylines have kind of been played through. So something so new as right. it's these two lesbian, or not even, Hasman is definitely lesbian. Flo is um, bisexual. <laughs> but it was just like, okay, it was so big. And she, she was like, you know who reads the newspaper? Old people read the newspaper. People who are like 40 and above. They are the people who read the newspaper. And they are putting these two women who are having a relationship. The whole story is about them accepting each other. Big big print in front of these people and like and and that was that was the big thing that they are marketing it to these older people and she was just when you started watching yes, the show so i'm sorry when you started watching the show did you know that did you watch it because of this couple or or did you just watch it just because you wanted I to watch it because the gay if there is gay i am there <laughs> if there is gay i am there so Magnet. it is <laughs> How did you find out about it? Because I feel like I didn't know it until I was going through some of your tweets. Really? Was it me? Yeah, I mean, I feel so proud. I think other people have sort of about it a little bit, but I think you were probably the first one that I saw that was tweeting about it. Who? I I found it because I once upon a time, many years ago, I spent literally three day, three straight days during Christmas break watching this. Mexican soap opera to learn to watch these two girls their storyline three days of reading Spanish subtitles so worth it I can't even I can't even <laughs> pronounce the title of the show to you because I am not that great at Spanish still and I was I was looking back for gifts of them because I felt nostalgic and I wanted to talk about them and how much I love those two uh Tessa and Anne forever um but it's probably Teresa and Anne I'm like butchering names everywhere don't don't even quote me on anything. <laughs> but I was looking for stuff about them. And then I saw a, a post that was like the comparison stories between those two. And I was like, well, who are these girls? And I also watched a lot of international people. So a lot of people started talking about it. And I started seeing, I remember the one that really piqued my interest was it was this, um, a clip of them together in an elevator talking. And there was no subtitles at this time. Like nobody was actually sub subbing it for people who don't speak Spanish, and I was just watching their body language, how they were talking inside this elevator, 
and one of the girls was just very excited and she was moving a lot and she was like getting closer to the other girl and closer and closer and I was just like are these two gonna kiss are these two gonna (laughs) and then they did start kissing and I was just like oh my god and it was at first I was just like why are they kissing like that and I looked closer and I'm like that's real kissing like they're like they're using their tongues and they're very expressionate like like holy cow they are so expressionate it gets to the point that you like want to kind of turn away because you're like oh this isn't this is an intimate moment (laughs) i was just like you know what i want to watch that show and i waited long enough till i saw um gifs and clips coming around that had english subtitles and then i ran into several other people who's like you have to watch this this is the best thing in the world and i was like okay okay i'll watch it and then it was fantastic like there are parts of it that are like a little corny but yeah i think that's okay but it's just i don't want to ruin it for you guys because it's such a great experience and another interesting thing is that one of the characters she has tourette's like mm. like the literal can't control some of her body motions and like, curses randomly at things right and i've literally right. only ever seen that as a joke and, I, right. and i've asked the girl from argentina you know is this is this legit or is this is this really how it's represented? And she said that she had actually done interviews with people from the Tourette's community, like the like the support group for it. And she said they right. they thought the representation was done really well. And they've got their group has gotten so much more attention through it because a lot of people are like looking into Tourette's and what it is like. So mm-hmm. so cool. That's great. Yeah, this just sounds so amazing. Especially now that I know that it's like female driven entirely yeah, like the whole show yes. makes me even more tempted to watch it and now i'm like should i watch the whole thing but i also heard so many, <laughs> but i also heard from other people it's like i love this show but it's like i'm watching the four sisters literally rock docking it with their freaking love interest back to back and then right. the lesbian couple are still at the point where they're trying to hold hands and i'm just like oh i can't i can't live through that yeah again. I can't, yeah that's fair i can't suffer anymore <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is true internet privilege where I don't have to suffer through a show to yeah. watch the gay anymore. Exactly. exactly. That's and that's the worst. But, Having to compare your gay ship to where the straight ships are, that's the worst. But it's the show's really funny. Like, the whole show is, is hilarious. Like, and I've learned so much, like, gay lingo through it. Of course, every every country has its own lingo, and Argentina is no different. And I had to learn, I've learned so many fun words for lesbian, it's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> like um, I learned that. Like, listen up for the word torta, because it it means cake, <laughs> but it also means lesbian, and it's so what? Weird. That's crazy. Yes. No. It's just like awesome. apparently lesbians are just deliciously edible things. Because in the show, like the the people who made the subtitles for the show, the Slazman sub people, have actually know that other people are watching this. So if it is an inside joke, they will insert into the subtitles. Um, what the, what they're saying, and then it's an inside joke. So you just don't think, like, <laughs> what the hell are they talking about? Like, well, at one point, right. she keeps saying potatoes and eggs, and they laugh about it, and it's, it's and then they actually insert into there that potatoes and eggs are used to make um, I can't even remember what the, it is. It's some kind of, like, bread pastry, which is just another word for lesbian. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, this is the point of representation, though, like, getting to see, like, people from different cultures and stuff, so. Yeah, I'm so glad it's getting so much attention in the Twitter community. And 
they're just they're just so happy to have something else because they're so used to American stuff coming over that to be able to go up to yeah. people from America and being like, oh, this is our culture was like opening a different window. And I'm like, yeah, right. I feel like I'm just doing a recap of another podcast I did. <laughs> <laughs> important always talk about clothesmen <laughs> oh my god when you girls get into it i'm just gonna watch and just see what you girls have to say because it is corny in some places <laughs> but in other places it's just like it's the most heart-wrenchingly amazing thing i'm waiting for the day that i'm no longer like hey you remember that one show yeah that was a great show i don't think it's gonna happen <laughs> i'm really excited to watch it. i think we're gonna love it Me too. all signs point to yes <laughs> and the best part about the show is like they give them equal time compared to the other ones like in the beginning it's a little like uh because it takes a while to get through a certain arc but once it gets to them being together they have as much time as everyone else like each episode is like it, it goes from it being like three minutes to five minutes to seven minutes and then all of a sudden each episode is like 13 minutes long because of that of, of mm. them in the episode yeah that's great they become the ideal <laughs> it must be a lot of it must be really long like just their part must be a lot of minutes. <laughs> I guess. I guess I don't actually, as I said, I didn't watch the full show because so I don't know how long that show actually runs. But they just still got a lot more mm. because I'm uh, avid at watching soap operas for the lesbian storylines because it's it's interesting. Like they care enough to put their storylines out there because it's, it's dramatic. Sad story. Yeah. Being gay is dramatic. <laughs> but, but the, I just feel like soap operas push a whole lot more in that factor because yeah, they know true. it's dramatic. They know it, it will get ratings because that's what soap operas are all about. So they will be like, let us, let us put these gay people in there and let, let us give them spotlight for this. But their spotlight's like, oh, they get like three minutes each episode. Right. I don't understand how people watch like the full soap opera episodes because it's like, it was like five stories jumped into one thing. Like, how do you guys watch that and just be like, oh, I would, I would, I would forget. I would forget someone's storyline. Like, I haven't seen this person in two weeks. What were they doing? I don't know. I know. That's what makes Jane the Virgin so good is how much they joke about stuff like that. For anyone who knows soap operas, um, especially telenovela, on Jane the Virgin, they always joke about the crazy storylines. Just like insane things happening at all at once. <laughs> people dying and people coming back to life and then people getting sick. It's it's just funny. I should watch that show. That's the next show I'm going to watch, but I'm just kind of everyone's talking about it and I'm like, I I don't know if I should start now or if I should just wait till everyone calms down and then start mm. watching it. I think you would love Jane the Virgin. Yeah, I think so, too. I actually know you would love Jane the Virgin, especially if you're familiar, pretty familiar with soap operas. You would love it. I I think I would love it, but I'm just like, I don't, I can't start watching TV right now because mm -hmm. right. the wife's in the middle of editing and writing, so I'm just like, I can't watch, Cut off. I can't watch something that she might be interested in, and that's fine. I'm willing to, yeah. I'm willing to sacrifice for her art. <laughs> it'll be worth it'll be worth the wait and it'll still be there whenever you're ready to watch it anyways all right is there anything else you guys want to talk about i'm actually out of breath and i wish i brought water up here i got, <laughs> I got really passionate this episode it's i blame it i blame it on the flossman I mean, that's what TV does. That's why it's so great. Yeah, that's like uh, that's, every week. Yeah, that's fighting. the whole point of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think we covered a lot of the. Yeah. Our, so a lot, I know we covered a lot of our favorite shows, and you really just convinced me to start watching Husband sooner. 
I mean, you you girls go at your own pace. It will be there. But uh, I, would, <laughs> I would say watch it because my next thing I'm going to watch is is it called Barsades? Is that what the ship name is called? I think so. Oh, that's yeah. The, that's the lesbians in Chile, but they're also only on their second season, and I'm going to wait till there's um, more. I'm going to wait Yeah, till I don't even know anything about them, but that's also very exciting. Um, I, I, if there's gay, I'm there. Which So, I, of course, I watch the gifts, but I know better than to get into it when there's not a lot of it out there. So, yeah. Because yeah, I will, I get, I, I need, I have the urge to binge. As you said, because I just have to be able to manage it. <laughs> yep. But I know that one of them is, a, I think they're both teachers. I don't know. But I just know that one of them is married. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Um, Why is the chick married? But I'm like, it's, yeah. this is the one thing I love talking to Mika and Tracy from Let's Watch TV is just the, the trope of the lesbian teacher that is already married. No, I, I've, I've hashtagged it, the teacher that really shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> it, happens, it happens so often and i'm just like why are yeah. teachers such fave magnets i blame the trope that's what makes me think that i'm pretty sure that is what makes me think that both teachers and librarians are incredibly sexy i blame rachel weisbury in part though <laughs> yeah she yeah same i mean i love the hot teacher hot librarian hot archivist trope um but when they're already married to men that's when i yeah. zone out but I, I am a librarian so I guess it's the the trope it's true just kidding <laughs> Lucky. not kidding about the librarian but you're, you're an archivist you're not a librarian. Yeah, but I have a library degree true true similar wow <laughs> anyway but I, I do know that with Barsadis I think the show is actually translated to it's actually translated to all of our sins or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something about sin. Mm-hmm. Something about sin. Um, I know that that's a period piece, so it's in the 1950s. So I'm like kind of okay with that trope at that point. Into it. Exactly, because it's, it's. I love. I love period pieces, but it's so bad for the gay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. But that's it, why. I like... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I don't know if you read Sarah Waters' books, I... but that's why I love her because it's just period piece lesbians. I. <laughs> Fingersmith was the one that I really loved watching. Um, I didn't watch the other one, though. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to watch British stuff now, because... because oh, let, yeah, that makes Let sense. me tell you, if that British accent isn't real, my wife knows it. She's just like... <laughs> she's like, like, like well, we can't watch horse movies either, because if the writer doesn't actually know how to write, write a horse, she knows it. She will tell you. She, she would be like... Is she gonna- Sorry, I was going to say, is she going to have a hard time with Rachel McAdams' accident disobedience? Oh, my God. I don't even know if I can drag her to watch that. Because she's just going to be like, I know Rachel Weiss isn't, isn't British. So she's just going to be like, excuse you? <laughs> you should see her when she's watching her Harry Potter marathons. Like, she'll co- turn to talk to me and I'll say something. And she'll be like, God, you're so American. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just over here. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, just just a gal talking about her wife. <laughs> the whole type of gal. So wholesome. I'm going to make that t-shirt one day. I just don't. I want to just make it for me. If anyone else wants to buy it, you can do it. <laughs> I'll buy it. <laughs> just a gal talking about her wife. Just a gal talking about her wife. <laughs> are you going to wear that around? This is Erica speaking, right? 
Yes. <laughs> You're going to wear that around Nikki? Are you going to feel pressured, Nikki? Yeah, I don't know. I might. <laughs> what might? <laughs> My other wife. Oh, no. <clears throat> but yes, I think, I don't even know how I'm going to edit this now. This is going to be... I mean, yeah, I, I apologize I for presenting that challenge. I mean, no, I love it. I love this conversation. This is what I love doing is just talking to people and like making that connection. You know, that connection is not what I felt my entire life. Basically, I felt like an outcast, the black sheep, any metaphor you can make to someone who doesn't fit in my entire life. And then I came out as gay. And now it's just like, I feel like I feel like me now. Like, I felt like my whole life that I just didn't like myself and I couldn't figure out why. And then I was like, okay, I'm gay. I like ladies. And then I just somehow that process began that I started to love myself. And now that I'm like, you know, I'm kind of a great person. And now I'm like, but now I feel like I'm, I'm at the stage where I'm like ready to contribute to a community because I feel like I'm whole enough to contribute to something. Yep. Yes, that's yeah. amazing. I love hearing that. <laughs> I definitely relate to that. We feel, I mean, I feel the exact same way. So I can have conversations like this every day for the rest of my life. Exactly. <laughs> and just, this, is, this is what I want. This is what I wanted from the podcast is to connect to people, to make friends and to just build. I don't know if I want to say a stronger community. I just, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to build a stronger community, but I also don't know if it's necessary. I don't know. No, I, I think, think it always, always is. Yeah, I it think, always is. I think it always is. I think anytime you're making an effort to bring people together, and I mean, we're all in one community, but there are sub communities within the LGBT community, and I think you know this is helping to build part of that sub community. So I think it's a really good thing. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just trying to. I don't know. I just want to contribute, but I'm also trying to figure out what I have to give. I think you have a lot to give. Yeah. I think this podcast is contributing. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, and I, for me, like, just to, to know you now, to know a little bit of your background, like I said, like, I mean, if you can help anyone else, it's, it's been, it's good for me to know that you exist and to know that your experience is pretty similar to my experience and that validates my experience and then validates my existence. So hats off to you. <laughs> this, this makes me sad that I wasn't able to go to ClexCon and meet you guys. Yeah, In next year. Next year, totally yeah. next year. I'm going next year. Totally. My plumbing will Fantastic. not break under my house and force me not to be able to afford a plane ticket next year. Um, <laughs> the joys of owning then, your own house. Oh. Maybe you can get a press pass since you have a podcast. Uh, I mean, sure. I will. <laughs> I guess I'm still trying to feel the legitimacy of what I do at the same time. Well, I'm I mean, I think this is just my two cents, but I think the whole premise of your podcast is to elevate queer voices and to have queer conversa conversations with queer people about their experiences. And I think that at Clexicon is a place where a whole bunch of queer women with a whole bunch of different backgrounds and experiences come together. And so you could pose that if you were interested in getting a press pass as I'm going to go and I'm going to sit down and have conversations with people. and that's what I'm going to do. And that's why you should give me a press pass. I don't see how they could say no. <laughs> I, I can see how they could say no. But I, you know what? I think I might try that out. <laughs> Erica, write your application. Yeah, I'll, I'll help you write your application. It'll be fine. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Okay. I could, I could talk for I guess. I guess the question.
question that I really love asking people is when was the first time that you realized gay was a thing? Nikki, I think you explained that, you know, it's it's been in your family, but I guess when was the first cognitive moment, that might not be the right words, whatever, the first moment that it really clicked in your brain that queer, gay, lesbian, anything wasn't actually a thing? For me, this is Erica, I don't, I don't remember exactly. I mean, I, I do remember in this, you might find this interesting, I don't know, but I do remember feeling like, and I grew up in a relatively homophobic culture, that being a lesbian was much worse than being a gay man. And I don't know why I thought that. I just did. Like, And it's probably because, A, I was queer, and that terrified me. So I was just like, I cannot be this. Like, there's just, it, it, there's nothing worse than being a lesbian that's the worst thing that you could possibly be but it's also probably a little bit of like our sexist society you know it's better to be a man even if you're a gay man that's still better than being a lesbian so that was probably feeding into that as well um but I I I remember knowing that it was like a thing that you could be for a long long time but I don't remember I I do remember I was like 17 when I thought that that was a something that you could be and it wasn't terrible and that was when I got really into Tegan and Sarah and I was like oh you can be a lesbian and also funny and charming and successful and have your own life so that's sort of how I would answer that question because I honestly don't remember (laughs) when I realized that gay was a thing that you could be yeah I don't really have a memory either just because like I said the cousin that came out um is like a good amount older than me so I think that was just like always around but I think I like do remember the first time I really realized like the enormity in our society of being gay like it was just I think kind of always around in my family but I do remember when I was in high school and like these these two girls younger than me like a couple years younger than me started dating and it was this like huge thing for like the school because everyone was talking about it and I just remember thinking they were so brave and like always wanting to like be friends with them and all my friends were like why do you want to be friends with these people they're like because in high school the age is such a big deal they're like they're like two years younger than you (laughs) like why do you care and I do remember that like being a defining moment where I was like first of all I love this couple and I don't know why (laughs) I just love this random couple I think they're really cute and then also of it being like a big deal to other people yeah but besides that, I don't really remember, like, yeah, I guess, like, like I said, I watched so much TV growing up. I was just, like, a TV-obsessed kid. So I definitely was seeing it on TV, and I definitely remember my first moments on TV were sitcoms where it was kind of a joke, like Will and Grace, um, even though that's better representation, but also definitely Friends, which was not great representation, but, yeah. I laugh at how one of the lesbians' names was Carol. I think that's only a joke that you could get now. I, wasn't the wasn't that book out before then though? Like it's called, called yeah. the Price of Salt or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it, out in like the 50s. it came out. Yeah, the Price of Salt was written in like the sixties or sixties or something. I feel like people, so I don't know. Maybe some like secret lesbian put that joke in. Who knew? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who knows? I didn't actually see that episode. Like I heard the joke that his ex wife was a lesbian, but I never actually watched that episode. I didn't watch Friends a lot. I didn't. I was about cartoons yeah. for a long, long, long time. 
Yeah. Like at one point in my life, I was like, if it has real people in it, I don't want to watch it. (laughs) I know. And now there's like queer cartoons with like queer characters. And I'm like, wow, this is what kids get to watch. This is so cool. Like Steven Universe. I'm like, that's awesome. I still haven't watched that show. And I don't know why. We haven't either, but we've been told so much to watch it. So we're going to hopefully watch it soon. I don't know how you guys make time in the day. I'm like I know it's not easy. Like I have to I have to do a podcast. I have to hurry up and put these fences up. Darn it. <laughs> yeah. It takes up like most not most, but it, it's we have we have a very tight schedule and specific schedule and we have to carve out maybe like a couple hours every evening to keep up with all of our shows and then also record the podcast and plan for the podcast. So isn't it, isn't it very rigid schedule? Isn't it beautiful now that that is a thing that there are so many queer representations in TV now that you have to make a schedule for it because there's just so much going on? Freaking Mika and Tracy were talking about how they're going to have to hire an intern because there's just so much <laughs> queer stuff happening on TV now that they might not be able to keep up with it. I think that's almost a beautiful problem to have. It is. Anytime we're feeling like beat down by all the stuff we have to watch, we're always like, you know what? This is a first world problem to have because <laughs> we kind of like, started the yeah. podcast being like, we should just talk about gay stuff on TV. It won't be that hard. And now we're like, there's so much gay stuff on TV. But it's like, like you said, the best thing ever. It's, oh, I just love it. Yay! Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. By the way, we haven't really gotten the chance to say that. Oh yeah, thank you. This is this has been great, really. Of course, of course. Like I've seen, I've like been watching you guys. I didn't want that to sound creepy, but I, <laughs> I've been watching you guys for a while, and I was like, oh, those girls are so cool. <laughs> and I was like, how do I? Like I don't know. I'm still like, I'm relevantly new to Twitter. Like how old my podcast is is how old I am on Twitter technically (laughs) so I was like I'm still getting to the point where how do I approach people on the internet yeah how do you do this thing so I just been like watching you guys like liking your posts trying to not feel like I'm intruding in some way and then literally (laughs) like I was worried because I was like I don't know I don't know if I should like talk to them or something because they have a podcast too my wife was like does it matter like you both are talking, <laughs> you both talk about gay things. Just talk about gay things yeah. together. It doesn't matter. It's not a competition. Yeah. And I'm just like, you no. are right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a competition. I think if anything, if anything, our podcast complement each other because we like talk so much about the TV world only. We never really get the chance. Actually, I was talking before we came on here that I was excited to get to talk to you because we like never get the chance to talk more about our personal lives and which is like kind of on purpose because I'm not always like looking to share everything. But sometimes I'm like, no, I want to talk about us. We're always trying to talk about TV. So I'm really excited by your podcast, both as a listener, I like to be able to hear these stories of um, you know, queer people across the world, really. Uh, but also for the chance that we got to like share a little bit of our own story outside of TV, even though we love TV. <laughs> and if you guys ever want to come up, come on, like individually or even together again, like if you guys want to talk about your, I don't want to say struggles as a relationship, but every relationship has struggles. Um, like sure. like how it is being together, like how it is with your family. It's just anything that you want to share to shit light on you know this is what our experience has been so other people can see it's like that too i mean you're fully welcome you're fully welcome to that's come great on just, talk just like hit me up and say hey you want to hear me talk about my life <laughs> for two hours and i'll be like sure come on in <laughs> that's, that's perfect <laughs> yes. 
just what I like to hear about. I I dream of one day being the LGBT of people of New York. It's just going to be gay of the world. Yes. I that think you're getting there. This is this really feels like the first step in that, oh honestly. Oh, I have a dream. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so if you guys ever want to talk about anything, or if you know anyone who wants to share their story, send them my way. Okay. We will right. wait. That is great. We know where to find you. So thank you much for coming on. Where where can people find you? So you can find us on, we're on Twitter over at HTL underscore podcast. We also have a website that you can visit, heraldarelesbians.com. And then we have a Tumblr page, which is, I think you should stop giving out the Tumblr I'm page. I'm not giving out the Tumblr, but we're mostly on Twitter and then our website. So at HTL underscore podcast. And you can listen to our podcast, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere. Google Play, mm-hmm. all of them. Where to find you too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks again. Bye.